0: You have got to grab their attention. I don't care what it is that you need to do to get your kids' attention. If it's jumping up and down, waving your arms up in the air, shouting, pay yourself first. It's Seven Figures. I'm Sandy Waters. Thank you so much for joining the weekly podcast. We do it every week and we talk money. I love the sound of that. We talk about how to make money how to save money, when to spend money. Our job as parents is to help our kids with their personal finance. We got to start the conversation now. Yeah, sure. It might be uncomfortable. Nobody really wants to talk money. And I saw a study, uh, T. Rowe Price did a a study that says almost half of us intentionally ignore conversations about money with our kids. Why? Why? If they don't learn from us, who are they going to learn from? We need to be having meaningful conversations about money. And sure, it's boring. I remember as a kid, man, I hated it when my dad would pontificate about saving. I would just ignore him. But now as an adult, I look back and I'm so grateful for all of those conversations. So we thought we would get a whole bunch of kids and ask them, Basic personal finance questions. So if your kid is in the room with you or in the car with you, have them answer along. How will they answer these financial questions? First question. Is an iPhone a need or a want? As a kid,
1: an iPhone would probably be a need. An iPhone is a want because
0: kids want to fit in and they want to have a device that they can play on and act cool with. If you want something you can't afford, what do you do? Probably talking to a
1: parent and seeing if you can borrow the money and then paying them back later would be a good idea. Try to persuade one of your parents to give you money for it. I don't get the thing that I really want.
0: What does it mean to pay yourself first?
1: Um, if you get money, you should buy stuff for you before you do it for anyone else um to think about yourself above others like to do what you want instead of like what others want so you like i don't know you'd buy what you want for yourself instead of like maybe saving that money for like something more important or like something else for someone else
0: what <laughs> I don't know. Oh, what's the question? This is proof why we need to have the conversation with our kids. So we thought we'd cash in with our expert, bring in Janine Lent, who is a career and financial management teacher for the past 15 years at West Irondequoit. She gave us some insight on how we start that conversation with our kids. Thank you so much for coming in and helping us out with this. No problem. I don't know if it's different or, gosh, I don't want to sound like the old lady in the room here, but I feel like before... was how we went to high school together. I don't think you're the older one. We're both the old ladies. (laughs) Before, don't you remember when you were growing up, it was, I want, I save, I buy. And now it feels like it's more of, I want, I need, I buy. As a parent,
1: I think that's the high school kids that that I teach anyways. I think sometimes the, the issue there is they're so used to having you know, the brand names, the the cell phone and I think the difference now though, and, and I, I mean I could be wrong. I'm I just I teach high school, so you know, I'm not an expert in psychology or anything yeah. along those lines. But I think with with two parents always working, you know, you have a little bit more extra income. Yeah. And so therefore sometimes that translates into um, you know, mom or dad being a little bit more Generous. Lenient and generous on those things. So, therefore, a kid will be able to have Nike shoes. And, and not that they weren't Nike shoes, but how many pairs did you have?
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. Our,
1: you know, the I- cell phones, just the expense every month of those things. We have, you know, a little bit more money in our, in our budget. So, therefore, mm-hmm. we tend to... I think we splurge a little bit.
0: We're feeding into this beast of uh, an unhealthy relationship with money for our kids, isn't it? Well,
1: I think that's where a parent has to have a discussion with their kids, Okay, not just give, 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 but have a discussion with kids. And that's where we come into play is um, I think at the high school level, as a teacher, my job is to kind of be the reinforcer. So there's going to be some home lives where the parents are already having these conversations. But just like every kid. When your mom and dad says it, it's a lecture. When your teacher says it, the bells go off and the connection gets made.
0: Yeah. So I th-
1: I think we're we're a good, a teacher is a really good reinforcer of the lessons that are going on at home. And not that it's bad to give your kids some of the nicer things, but to have a conversation with them about what those values are. Um, being able to relate that back to how many hours you have to work for it. Now, I don't necessarily think you have to tell them your salary or okay, what I was you gonna make ask per you
0: hour. I was going to ask you that because I read an article and this guy was explaining how he and his wife wanted to teach their kids the value of money so they went to the bank and they took out in cash how much they bring in for the month and they laid it on the table and the kids jaws dropped cuz they'd never <laughs> seen that much money at one time right then he was like okay so then i started to shave off okay this amount goes to the mortgage this amount goes to your soccer cleats this goes this and at the end he was like at the end i told them this is what we have left at the end of the month and that wasn't an as much of a pile of money, but he disclosed pretty much everything. Is that a good way? That's just remember that a kid
1: doesn't necessarily have the same privacy as you do. So if you're giving them private information that you don't necessarily want to be published or said out loud to other people, then... You have to be conscious of that. Sometimes generalities make a whole lot of sense. Okay. Um, you, know, you don't have to tell them your exact dollar amount, but if you give them a, a general sense of what you're making, um, you kind of set it perfect. You put out a lot of cash and a kid's eyes go open. I don't necessarily think most kids understand the actual value of a dollar until they begin to work for it.
0: Oh, and they okay. see
1: they can start to relate you know that's one of the lessons we talk about is okay so you get your babysitting job you make five dollars an hour ten dollars an hour you know what does that relate to if you have to pay a forty dollar a month cell phone bill or because you know right now every piece of money that they they get in they can do what they every wish they want. with yeah so it's setting up those foundational skills um you know do you want to save 50 percent and then spend the other 50%. You know, the idea of opportunity cost. What did you have to do to work for that money in order to go off and spend it? Is it worth $5 every day to go to yeah. Taco Bell or McDonald's, or does it make sense to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that didn't cost you as much? So
0: let's talk about that, the need versus want. So how do you teach them, and how should we as parents teach our kids
1: i think we start to begin to the next conversation at the college level is you know because you have to add living expenses in and high schoolers for the most part have their their living expenses taken care of so you you kind of make it that next move for them which is not a hard leap i mean it's you know for for most of them at this point it's going to be two or three years away so you say okay who's going to pay for that rent and you you give them all the and you estimate it I love having them go home and talk to their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually pick a couple of the kids that have older siblings and bring, have them bring back some real dollar amounts. And then we talk about what's your first salary going to look like, um, what's your first rent look like, look what your brother pays, look what. And then we start to evaluate the different options. And we just have conversations about the, the give and the take. So one person might have a sibling who pays $800 a month in rent. And then the other one might have a sibling that's only paying $300 in rent. Mm. We talk about that difference of $500 and where it can go and what they can do with it. And that idea that, um, it it would start to set up again that foundational skill that hopefully you've already started is in the savings. You know, I I never had enough money to save. Well, you didn't have enough money to save or you didn't set it aside before you spent. So we always talk about paying yourself first. Set aside your savings. Don't touch it. Don't think about it. It's never even... It's as if you never even made it. Okay. You put that in there first. That's your very first thing that you do. And then the next thing is you live off of the rest. So now you make your rent decision based on the savings is already tied away. Now you can put your... You know, make your rent decisions or your cell phone decisions. And you know what? The kids... (laughs) A lot of times, this is so depressing. I'm like, it's not supposed to be depressing. It's supposed (laughs) to be educating. Correct, educating. So you have choices. I mean, you've been asking for choices more and more as you grow. Here's your choices. So, you know, the the $800 a month apartment's probably beautiful. But the $500 one or the $300 one probably doesn't have as many features. But with that can you can you do more you know more with that money what can you do yeah. and, and we just have these conversations but it's not about being depressing it's about choices
0: and, and yourself which, first correct. is there's a lot of parents who don't do that i don't think we as a society do that enough and that's why we're in so much trouble when it comes to if you look at the statistics about americans in debt Um, So I think we all need a refresher course on the pay yourself first. So you'll tell your kid, okay, so they get, let's say, birthday money. Because at a certain age, they're not even working yet. Correct. So at that point in life, too, they really don't understand the value of money. So they get birthday money. How do you tell them, okay, they get $50 from grandma and grandpa? Mm -hmm. At that point, what do you say?
1: Well, then that goes back to what you're most comfortable with. I think most people would say, you know, anywhere from 25 to 50% should be saved. Okay. Okay. um, and especially knowing your kid. So you know your kid better than, you know, anybody yeah. else. So if yeah. your kid, you know, I ask the kids this too, and they, they typically know, are you a, a spender by nature or are you a saver by nature? Oh, and you they know? are self-aware? Yeah, I think oh, okay. for the most part they okay. know, like, when they get a dollar, do they spend a dollar? And that's how I say, if you get a dollar, do you spend the dollar? Or do you get a dollar and you go, hmm. You know, that typically leads to somebody who's who's more of a saver. They, yeah. they can... You know, they have the idea of I got to save up or I've got my eye on something. So we have that conversation
0: instead of saving. Because I think this is where I went wrong, where I'm like, okay, here's your birthday money. I'm only going to give you this percentage of your birthday money and I'm going to take the other half. But I don't think they physically see me taking it. They know it's somewhere. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I need to get this big jar that they can see in their room watching the money grow. Is that, do you think, more effective if they visually see their money growing it's a great question. I think that um, for
1: your little one, for any little one, there I don't. The, they the don't concepts, get it yet. The concepts are pretty big. Okay. I, I think as you get into middle school, okay. now the conversation about a bank account, um, taking them to a bank. I mean, a physical bank, in it and putting the money in is not a bad. Not that you have to do it every time, but you yes. know, every once in a while, take a field trip to the bank. Have them go in with the, whatever's in their piggy bank, and you know put it in the actual yeah. bank so they can see it. Um, if you think your kid is age appropriate for it, you can talk to them about looking for the FDIC sticker on the bank. That's a conversation I have with my um, freshmen and sophomores because they need to know that when they go to put that money in the bank, it's safe. You know, Because what if they hear it on the news that the bank got robbed?
0: Oh, oh my gosh, my money. Right. No, okay. mom, my okay. money.
1: So we talk about FDIC, if they go to a credit, credit union, um, they also have the same concept there. And so we talk about those two insurance agencies. They were created in the Great Depression. They've heard, I mean, most of your mm-hmm. freshmen and sophomores have had a conversation about Great Depression. Yeah. And they know that that money is saved. And when we talk about it up to $250,000. So you're not there. You know, You're so you're, your money is safe. You know, back to, to the savings component. We, we talk about Rochester is a great area because we have Kodak. And Kodak, a lot of the kids have a connection, whether it be a grandparent that that worked for Kodak and Kodak was well known GM, I mean there was a lot of them yeah. that had pensions. And so that's oh, that's yeah. part okay. of this save first and I think that um, there, there's a gap there. We our grandparents mainly had pensions. They they all felt pretty secure that that company was going to take care of them forever. Yeah. And probably right around our parents' generation is when that those started to kind of fall away mm-hmm. and fall apart. And our parents' age group had to figure it out with not a whole lot of education about finance. Yeah. And so our kids are that first generation, and in the you know the kids. Give or take. I'm not yes. obviously yeah. I'm not talking big, broad strokes here, but our kids' generation is that first generation that can come up from from all the way through with financial educations, the bones to financial education and know how to set up for retirement without having to have a pension. so I, I always feel I tell them like I kind of feel bad for. Our, our parents' generation or my parents' generation, really, because they didn't they didn't have the education. You know, yeah. they kind of some they did it right, some did it wrong, yeah, but right. they really didn't have. I mean, we didn't teach it, and it wasn't widely available. The internet wasn't as strong as it was. You couldn't just Google an answer. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of that that idea of when we moved away from pensions is really puts you know a, a difference in the climate for these kids is going to be really strong that they're going to have to do it on their own, and so we really. Give them those tools by telling them, you know, here's what you need to do. You need to learn to pay yourself first. You need to forget about that money. You need to you, you don't touch that money. That money okay. stays there forever and you budget based on based on the rest. And they say about two to ten percent to get your kid really used to, okay. to anywhere between that two to ten percent um is what they should save automatically, never touch.
0: You've been in a teacher for fifteen years at West Arondicoy and yeah. Kudos to West Aranaquois for even offering a class like that. Every parent says it. Why don't they teach this in school? We were never taught it in school. Why don't they teach it in school? Is this a mandatory class in every district or is this?
1: For the most part, they do. Um, New York State requires a, a basic unit on personal finance. You know, it really can't dive in. It's it's only one unit. They've got a, a huge curriculum, so it's it doesn't dive into everything. Um, it does some real basics. And then what our class does in in a is it it really blows each of those components up and we really talk to them about you know and i'm not a financial advisor so i'm just gonna you know yeah. say that out loud what i do is i give them the ideas for them to go with that information and go seek out you know professional advice but to get it in their their head to start yeah. thinking about it to take i always call the kid tell the kids it's nuggets like if you can take a nugget from each of the units and then you can make decisions based on yeah. those those financial nuggets. Um, so most districts, some of them have it as a required class. Um, most don't have it as a required class. you see class. someday
0: there will be? Hard part it's, it's so about unfortunate school, that it's not. The
1: graduation requirements on these kids are just, I mean, you you see it, you hear it. These kids are just bogged down. They have so much. They're doing so much they're involved in so much they're i mean they're an amazing generation they're just go get yeah they multitask yeah they're <laughs> amazing yeah they can go do stop I mean, yeah right. they're
0: great i mean they can just they can do it all um and finance classes are still dropping to the bottom yeah. of the priority list which is unfortunate do you ever see this the pendulum yeah <laughs> uh
1: you know i would hate i would have to say probably not i think that personal finance is just one of those things that kind of has to start at home okay Um, so I think that the the parents that push in their kid into a personal finance class sees the value and I always tell the kids there's nothing that I'm telling you that you can't find the answer to outside of this classroom so I'm here I'm a resource I'm giving you the basics but everything that I'm saying you can find it so, you know, as long as you yeah. remember that we had the conversation, then, you know, five years from now, when your company gives you a 401k match, go, don't be scared of it. Because I think that's the the mm. problem. Half of the block with finances is we have these big, scary terms. And, you know, probably a lot of the experts are like, they're not that scary. But for a kid and for a regular person who, you know, is just doing their regular job, yeah. they sound like scary concepts. And it's easier to ignore than it yep. is to... Yeah. You know, go in there and do the research or ask a question. And I feel bad. You know, these kids get their first job offer and they, they're getting these all these forms. And do you remember it? I remember it. I remember being so, like, I better be on my best behavior <laughs> and I gotta do everything right. And I didn't wanna ask them questions. So yeah. if you got a 401k match, you, oh no, I don't need that. So what we're doing in, in classes, okay, remember that word. That's the word. And then that's the scenario where go to Google Look it up really quick. You can find everything that I'm telling you. Just don't just say no. Go that extra step and do, do your yeah. research. It's out there. Um, it's, not, it's not rocket science. It's nothing that you can find the information. Don't be scared by it.
0: It's because it's fear of the unknown. Correct. Right. There's some adults, you're right, that are scared of the 401k. Or they have misconceptions about 401ks. And it which, sounds scary. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, but, what is that? What? The or, market? Right. And,
1: and, you know, and... <laughs> it's an industry that doesn't help itself. IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs, and and if I just throw, I do, I throw them up on the list, you know, on the board, and I'm like, look at kids. (laughs) and For a kid, they're like, what is all that? It's like another language. It is overwhelming. And so you just start to break down each one, and then I give them in the order in which they should do it. And then usually jump up and down at the ones that I want them.
0: Do this. Okay, sure so tell me about this. the jump up and down ones. Those are the ones that we as parents should probably jump up and down as well. So saving. They get money for however they get their money. From either working or from grandma and grandpa. Save a percentage. Great, we got that in. Two to ten
1: percent usually you should set aside. Um, obviously when you're younger, the closer to ten percent, the better. Because okay. if you can live without it now... You can live without it forever. And especially as you make more money, you're just more comfortable with just keeping it set aside, right? Okay. So but of course, everybody's different. So you yeah.
0: can't <laughs> Yeah. You know, you can't go
1: and say everybody has to do ten percent. So it's because between- at
0: least they have the concept of saving. Right. Okay. So then the next jump up and down thing is um, need versus want. Because I know you have those discussions in your class, right. right? Yep. So what is
1: what's truly a need? And in a high school kid's mind you know, Nike sneakers are a need. And so we have the discussion, okay, well, Nike sneakers are $150 or $100. Right. Are they really a need? Yeah. And how many pairs of those do you need then? Because those sound kind of expensive. So we have the conversation about a need would be shoes or sneakers, but not necessarily, you know, the nicest ones. And same thing with clothes. You know, again, another, this the generation is, it definitely knows it's marketing and knows it's labels. So, you know, how many of those buying the name and how much money goes to that? So really the want is when you get into those extras, um, buying lunch versus bringing lunch, you know, you can save a ton of money by bringing your lunch Mm -hmm. every day to school and versus, you know, going out in, 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 you know, we have the Cooper Dell right up the corner and, they go every day that's that can add up to be a a pretty big expense so talking about those things like how you can shave and, and really that leads you directly to the budget which is yeah you don't have a budget right now because but your parents do so let's talk about the budget and that's when i said um we go home and i have them talk to their parents and talk to their siblings and try and get some realistic numbers on what an average
0: household's Budget, okay, so you know, that looks like you should communicate with your kids about the budget. Not necessarily solid numbers, maybe right. because, like you said, right. privacy, whatever. But just the concept of okay, I'm paying the mortgage right now, or why don't you sit next to me while I pay these bills? Because you might not even realize that there's a phone bill, correct. there's a credit card bill, there's a mortgage, and correct
1: R G N E. You, you know, you said the big ones, but think RG&E. Do your do your kids even think about oh, you're the R G N E bill? Water, right? Water, we to pay for water? Garbage. Yes. These are yes. things that, okay. that they just, rightly so, they just assume they assume yeah. those are, are normal. But we know that they're bills, so we we list out those those ones, and then we talk about you know where you can where you can kind of shave off, and like I said, kind of needs versus wants. You need an apartment, maybe, right? You yeah. don't need an eight hundred dollar apartment. You need yeah. an apartment. So we talk about ways to save there. Do you get a roommate? Well, I can't possibly get a roommate no one I don't want to live with anybody that's fine then know that that's the extra money then what are you gonna live without you know we talk about cable TV this generation a lot of times they're like well I don't need cable I'm gonna do Netflix so but that's you know for them that's a cost savings We have a lot of false needs of what I you can convince yourself that you need a lot of things the cell phone's a perfect one they need a cell phone yeah you don't need
0: They need the best (laughs) cell phone, too. You don't need a
1: cell phone. The newest cell phone. (laughs) And then that leads to another one. Another big one is, so here's your budget. Set aside an emergency savings. And so we talk about having an emergency savings as soon as you are college. it, it, It should start the idea of savings, especially if you're, your college student is having um, a part-time job, mm-hmm. um, you start get to build up just a little bit of savings. But they say between three to six months of emergency savings. So every f- household should have a, a little account that's three to six months of your bills that's set aside. And so we talk about you know your first apartment, and your car and all these expenses that go into the budget and then adding them up and having three to six months and i tell them it doesn't grow on trees you're not going to build three months up in one month you know this is something that's going to be a slow process yeah. but it is one of those big nuggets that you should take away from this class which is you don't you, you need to have there's going to be life expenses You know, and and those are what sometimes put people into credit card debt. And it's not, they didn't do anything wrong. It's life happens. There are just emergencies in life. It just happens.
0: But that takes discipline. Because when you want that, whatever it is that you want, you have to just pretend you don't even have that money, that emergency money.
1: Right. Um, And and this is another thing that I tell my students. When you're going home and you're having conversations with your parents and um, if you've made a mistake, I tell them. About all of the mistakes that I've made, and I mean, because that's how you—well, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. That's how you how learn. Honest, is are by you? Okay. Teaching them what you've done wrong. So, I mean, I have not perfect. I actually never, you know, I didn't go to school for um, teaching. I, I went back to school to become a teacher. So, this is a second career, really, for me. And I made lots of mistakes, and I go right out there and talk about my okay. mistakes. So, I don't think you should fear having the conversation with your kids about what mistakes you've made. I don't think you have to scare them in your approach on how to say it. But I think these are things that happen. You talk about what what things you've done right and what things you've done wrong. And, and, uh, you know, you kind of help spur that conversation and they they get talking. So
0: you dedicated your time to this podcast. So we're going to give you your return on investment, your (laughs) ROI. What are some takeaways, some things that we as parents can do today or at least seriously consider? I think having conversations is
1: the, the very first thing. So no matter what it, what advice is out there, just always having money conversations. Don't pretend that money isn't a topic, because okay. it is. I mean, it, the kids are curious about it at, at all ages. Um, the big ones is you know, pay yourself first, get into that habit of saving, because if a kid can save starting at 18 or 19 years old, they can, and, and I show them a calculator, you can find them right online, um, if you save, at 18 or 19 years old by the time you're 65 you can be a millionaire now obviously that depends on the market conditions yes. and a lot of things but there's potential there so you know go online find those money calculators and look at it and talk to kids about their needs versus their wants and then we talk about decisions if you delay by five years if you delay by 10 years so if you don't start saving until you're 30 what that difference of that oh, okay. end outcome is and it's usually usually half to it's a
0: significant 40 percent
1: of the money is is gone just because you know we talk about it's it's compounding money making money Mm -hmm. for you rather than you having to work really hard for your own money have the money work to work having Mm -hmm. your money work for you but the only way that works is if they start early so as early as they possibly can it's always on their mind that first i have to pay myself then i can go out and make my budgeting decisions
0: And we all should think that way. And that's why we do this, because it isn't impossible to get there. It's just financial independence is what I always say. We have to strive for financial independence where we're working because we want to, not because we have to. Correct. We really need to start talking to our kids in order to set them up for financial success. Janine Lent, West Arondecoit High School career and financial management teacher, thank you so much for joining us today. On top of having conversations with our kids, we also need to encourage them to dream big, think big, work hard. Even for us as adults, you may have all these great ideas in your head of things that you want to do, ways that you want to earn some extra money on the side. And next week, we'll help you put those ideas into motion. We'll have Deanna on with us, creator of Brow Diva on Monroe Avenue here in Rochester, took her passion for brow sculpting and turned it into a profitable business. Get ready to get in Next week on 7 Figures.